Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is According to Callus. This is episode 243, and we are on part two of our Hippies Got It Right series. That's right. The Hippies Got It Right, number two, the environment. Okay, so let me just backtrack just a little thing here. I think their reverence for the world that we live in is what I'm really angling at. Obviously, a lot of those folks went on to have some well, I'll say somewhat odd mindsets when dealing with the environment insofar as that they believed it to be a spiritual being worthy of worship called Gaia. Now, look, I don't hate those people. I don't I actually respect quite a few of them, but I don't agree with them. But you don't trash the world that you live in. The concept of you don't use the toilet where you prepare your food comes to mind. So the hippies have been all over the map on the environment as far as different ways of looking at it, but the reverence and the respect for the natural world is what I'm really, really want to key in on. They didn't want to exploit nature. Now we can argue their definition of exploitation, but again, and I'm going to reference another podcast guy by the name of Jack talks about when he was young, he, or actually was a little older, but young man, he saw where entire mountains had their tops lopped off so they could extract the coal. And they take that out. And he's like, I don't understand how anybody thought that was a good idea. Now I myself have saw open pit mining and quarries. I don't know that they're the end of the world, but they do create some problems. Likewise, when you see clear cut forests, your natural reaction is, oh, that's terrible. That's disgusting. But if it's properly managed and replanted in 10 years, other than the fact that the trees are skinnier than they might have otherwise been, you really can't tell. Of course, when you go in with a monoculture, you create another issue. Now, I consider myself a fan of permaculture, permanent culture, and some of the studies and the interactions of how things work together and all that's involved with that. They build upon what nature already does. They see what's already there and they work with it to improve the outcomes. In my mind, that is a good system or a better system than what we currently have been doing. Now, I personally like the idea that we extract oil and maybe we disrupt disrupt one square mile on the surface and then dig all over the place underneath to extract oil so we can live the nice first world lives that we enjoy. I'm less enthusiastic about how we extract coal, but hey, if you can go down a half mile and dig all that out and not destroy everything above it, okay, I'm open to that. Natural gas. Hey, they do the same thing. They can extract that with only disturbing a minimal amount of space on top of the earth and dig out all the stuff down below. Now that does open us up to other problems, perhaps long-term, depending on how bad things get honeycombed out. But I suggest to you that earthquakes are a natural occurrence and various other earth changes are a natural occurrence. The idea that the sun is getting the earth warmer because, well, you know, there's not enough ozone in the atmosphere or there's too much. Or I think they generally make that stuff up in the, on the fly. I think our environmental scientists, quite frankly, will say anything and do anything so they can get the next tranche of money that they can spend on the latest study that proves nothing and really fixes nothing. 
And that's an outgrowth of the hippies' legitimate concern. Nobody wants you to dump poison in a river. But apparently that was tolerable and acceptable until they wiped out whole rivers. Nobody was excited about Lake Erie being on fire, yet it happened. And it wasn't until somebody said, hey, me, we ought not to do this. Now, libertarians will tell you that they've got fixes that don't involve government. I'll grant them that. Democrats will tell you we would have never fixed it without government intervention. Maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. Conservatives don't really have a good answer here, but none of this would have been addressed, in my opinion, without the hippie generation. Now, some of the uh, Earth Mamas and the uh, people that moved out to the backwoods or back to the land movement, that's all great stuff. I I mean, I kind of idolize it in theory. I'm not necessarily sure that I got to cut out to go live back like they did in the 1880s. I don't know that I can pull that off. I'd be interested in doing it for a couple weekends a month to see how it worked out or maybe go spend a month in there in a wilderness exploration trip. Sounds great. But as far as my day-to-day life, I really kind of like my soft bed. I kind of like a a nice warm house. But I don't begrudge people that want to do that. And I'm really bothered by the idea that we've got an entire governmental organization or a supra-governmental organization that seems to know what's best for all of us and is going to force us to live like that. I don't even think the hippies would have wanted that. I mean, they were concerned about the earth and preserving it and all this other stuff, which I agree with in principle, but I don't think they wanted to force people to do anything. Now, there are some hippies that went full commie, right? There are some hippies that went full anarchist. Okay. I get all of that. But the environment is something that is supposed to be worked with. The earth is supposed to be something that we work with, not exploit, not ruin, not destroy. The same guy, Jack, talks about you can either mine or farm a land or work with it in conjunction with it to build better outcome with it. On many occasions, he talked about the greatest export by tonnage in the United States is topsoil. That ought to be concerning, especially, I don't know if you like eating your fruits and vegetables. I don't know if you enjoy having nice trees in which you can live under the shade. Indeed, the entire idea behind environmentalism is an outgrowth of hippieism, which really kind of goes back to the progressive era when Teddy Roosevelt decided to usurp powers that he didn't have and set aside a national park. And part of me admires the fact that he did that. Most of me doesn't like the fact that he violated the Constitution in order to accomplish it, but I get it on a state. If you're the state of New York and you want to set aside a section of your land for posterity as a park and maintain it, great! But the way we're maintaining our parks is a mess. They're not taking care of it. I mean, even the Indian tribes or the Native American tribes that pre-existed the United States would move from section to section and they would slash and burn certain areas and cause a regrowth and they would hunt the animals to keep them in check so they wouldn't start. The ecology is a balance. It's not a delicate balance. The earth is very resilient. The earth will bounce back. The earth can take a lot of abuse because it was designed that way. And while there's probably literally thousands of hippie songs that reference the earth and its importance and all that other stuff, I'm going to dip into something that's a little bit more recent. 
Yes, my my favorite band talks about the idea of a perfect world. In fact, that's the name of their song. And some of the lyrics are, In a perfect world, some still worship Mother Nature in her glory. And they do a good thing when they stand up for her right. But Mother Nature has a father in the heavens. And his creation went astray, but never left his sight. The old will pass away and bring in a new birth, a whole new heaven and a new earth. Now that doesn't mean that we're supposed to disregard it. We're supposed to work with it. We're supposed to nurture it. We're supposed to treat it like a cherished object that it is. And we don't do that, in my opinion, all the time. But the hippies, that's what they wanted. That's what they taught. Maybe it was incomplete. Maybe it was a little beyond what it should have been. Maybe it was out of false devotion, right? The worshiping Mother Nature, if you will. And it's not a terrible thing. It's a misplaced worship. But a certain amount of respect is appropriate. But if you're not willing to at least acknowledge that, perhaps you have to check yourself. I guess this is going to be a shorter episode. In fairness, I just don't have a lot of enthusiasm, but I have to acknowledge when somebody's right. In this case, the hippies got it right. When we talk about environmental policy, when we talk about what's right, everything goes to the supranational at this point. And even the things that are national. Why does New York or California dictate policies for Iowa? They could say that what happens in Iowa affects there, but does it really? I mean, does something that happens 700 miles away from me really affect what's going on there? No. If I'm creating utter devastation, if I'm lighting off a nuclear bomb, if I'm dumping millions of barrels of oil down the river called the Mississippi, yeah, okay, you got a point. But none of that happens anymore. And certainly nobody encourages it or think it's a good idea. Again, the hippies had it right. But even the conservatives that fail to conserve much of anything, they understand that you don't waste things like that, that you don't abuse things like that. So we're all on an even playing field here. We all understand the value. But it was the hippies that brought it to the forefront. It was the hippies that created the notion. Now, some of it was through propaganda. Some of it was outright exaggeration and lies. But if you don't value what you have, if you don't, cherish the resources at hand. If you're wasteful and irresponsible, those things won't last forever. Now, I'm fairly confident we're not going to run out of oil anytime soon. In fact, I'm fairly confident that there's evidence to suggest that the earth replenishes those oil fields over time. That oil was not, in fact, created by a bunch of dead dinosaurs or algae, but by a natural process within the earth. And I'm fairly confident that The earth is neither warming nor cooling because of anything that man has done, but rather by the the natural, normal sun activity that is cyclical and it changes. There's been little ice ages in the past. There's been warming areas in the past. None of that was dictated by man. It's kind of the height of folly to indicate that we can change the entire earth, but we can disrupt local things. We can change the biology of something. Whether we wipe out whole sheets of land and monocrop it with wheat or soybean or corn, 
and thinking that's not going to change anything because we've destroyed the natural grasses. But I'll tell you, those seeds exist. They will come back. The forest will gradually retake if it's not held at bay. In fact, they slash and burn all over the Amazon. But the moment they stop, the trees come back. The forest comes back. And unless they're successful in wiping out the entirety of it, it will regenerate itself. It's a natural healing process. I think if you were to go see where the Valdez ran aground, you would be hard-pressed to see that damage right now. In fact, if you were to go up and look at where Mount St. Helens was, you can see some of the scars of what happened, but most of that has come back already. Now, is it exactly the same as it once was? No, of course not. The old has passed and the new has come. In fact, I would imagine that the area that was devastated, um, boy, I want to say it's five or six years ago, might be 10 years ago at this point, I don't really remember, but the in Indonesia, right, they had the tidal wave that swept across. I imagine most of that stuff has come back naturally. Now, man has a way of doing their own things or actually impeding nature from restoring itself, but to a certain degree, that's come back. There's studies that show that coral reefs are growing when they're not being mucked with. Some cases it's a beneficial thing, other things maybe not so much. The earth was created in such a way that it can naturally heal itself and bring itself back. And if we as humans work with nature, we will create a much better outcome for us long term. I don't know that Henry Ford or Thomas Edison got that. David Muir might have got it. Franklin, I'm sorry, not Franklin. Teddy Roosevelt might have understood that. We have to give credit where credit is due. And I think some of the hippie hippie minds out there brought to the forefront of our ideologies, of our national way of looking at things, the importance of our natural world, the importance of the earth we live in. And so we shouldn't be wasteful and abusive of it. Now, many of them took it too far. Many of them think government can fix it. (laughs) And you would think of all groups of people, the hippies would know better. But we've talked about that in part one. The idea that you can abuse something forever and consider there to be no negative consequences is no longer considered a good idea. And... To that extent, I want to thank the hippies. I'm going to cut it short. I really have nothing more to say on this issue. Part three is coming up. (laughs) War, what is it good for? (laughs) Just to give you a little uh, hint at where we're going with that. Hey, look, if you thought this was entertaining, educational, or just downright invigorating to give it a listen, I ask you to like, share, rate, comment on this show. Help me out here. Let's get the word out. I'm trying the best that I can to elaborate on things that are important, particularly in Collin County, Texas, to get an alternative point of view out there, right? We can't all be the same. We can't all agree and think in lockstep. That's not normal. That's not good. And I know. I know we're told that the city council and the school boards are supposed to be that way, but I'm here to tell you the hippies would have told you otherwise. The hippies would have told you it's good to argue and it's good to have a difference of opinion. It's good to hash things out. 
And yet those same people are in charge now and are afraid to have any dissension. With that, this was According to Callus. This was episode 243. And I will see you on the other side.